I think we could do a whole lot better than that. I think an amazing God deserves an amazing praise. Let me try that one more time. An amazing God deserves an amazing praise. Let me try that one more time for the Holy Ghost. An amazing God deserves an amazing praise. He is truly amazing. When I look back over my life and I think about all the stuff I've gone through, all the stuff that could have taken me out, all the stuff that should have driven me crazy, and it didn't, it's simply because we serve an amazing God. Anybody else know you? We serve an amazing, incredible, awesome God. Let's give God praise for our sisterly ensemble, how they have blessed us already. Certainly God is great and greatly to be praised. And we thank God for all of you who are here. We want to welcome you to the St. Paul Worship Experience online as well as in-house. And thank you all so much for working with our ushers. Um, and uh, as far as seating is concerned, I got several things I need to do today. And uh, two of the most important things that the church can do is baptize people into the kingdom of God and dedicate babies. So I have a baby dedication and we have four sisters that we want to introduce to our church family. And so I'm going to ask, um, first of all, as far as um, the baptism is concerned, I'm going to ask that uh, Sister Ayana Boleg and Nika Robinson and Imani Thomas and Regina Tisdale, if they would come forward at this time, we want to present them with Bibles and certificates. Oh, we could do a lot better than that. We're going to practice social distancing. So you right here. All right, you right here, you right here, you right there, yeah. I think that's good distance. All right, okay. Um, let me just say that, that first of all, welcome uh, to the kingdom of God, to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, baptism is that right, uh, that awesome, awesome privilege of becoming a part of God. It is a tangible symbol to the world that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we want to present to you uh, certificates. And this is your second birthday. Amen. Your second birthday. This is your spiritual birthday. And so we want to present to you all certificates and a Bible, uh, which is the Word of God. And uh, we want you to read the Bible, but we want you to frame this certificate, place it somewhere prominent, where we'll remind you of this incredible day that the Lord has allowed for you to come forth as far as his daughters in the faith. Sister Regina Tisdale, come on, let's give God praise for her. That's your Bible and certificate. Sister Imani Samari Thomas, did I say that right? No, help me say your name right. I want to make sure I get it right. Elmani Samira Thomas, amen. All right. All right. Sister Nika Robinson, all right. Come on, let's give God praise. And Sister Ayana Bole. 
Amen. St. Paul, can we celebrate our new sisters in the faith? Let's give God praise for them. Here's what we want you to do. Uh, some of you have already gone through new members class. If you have not gone through new members class, of course, get connected. Get connected in the ministry. And even though we're not back at 100% as far as meetings are concerned, we're doing that online. So get connected. And of course, join us in one of our teaching ministries, either in Sunday school or Bible study, so that you can continue to grow in the word of God. Amen? Amen. You may go and be seated with your family, and let's give God praise for them. All right. Also at this time, I'm going to ask that the family of Logan Edwards, would you come at this time? Family of Logan Edwards. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for them. I want to make sure I pronounce your name right, Leroy. All right. I'm right here. And is it Sade? Something like the singer Sade. All right. Doom, doom, doom. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, all right. I want to. Okay, rest of the family, come around here. Who are the grandparents? Grandparents? All right. Grandparents. Grandparents. I want you to come um, right here. All right. Any other grandparents? All right. Who are the godparents? We have any godparents. All right, godparents. Okay, godparents, come up here. I got to do some instruction for you. You're a godparent, or you just rolling with the fam? All right, come on, kitty. Come on. All right, now, godparent, I want you to stand right here. You the godparent? Oh, you ain't the godparent. All right, godparents, all right. Okay, all right. First of all, um, um, Logan was born at what was it, one pound? One pound. 13 ounces. You don't look like he one pound 13 ounces now. So can we give God praise? Logan looked like he could pick me up. Amen. What a, what a miracle that God has worked in your life and to uh, you as wonderful parents. We thank God for you allowing for us to share in this wonderful occasion with you. And so to this mother and this father, um, I want to let you all know that your job and responsibility, of course, is to love this child unconditionally. Pray for him. Be the best examples as far as divine living is concerned so that one day Logan will come to the saving faith of who Jesus Christ is as his Lord and Savior. All right? Godparents, do you know what you're supposed to do? No. All right. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to share with you. This is a wonderful teaching moment, okay? All right. So... Godparent is made up of two words, God and parent. And oftentimes people get this so confused. They think that the Godparent is basically, if something happens to the parent, that the Godparents are supposed to step in and raise the child and things of that sort. That is not the role of the Godparent. It's not. All right? Godparent. So the role of the Godparent is to make sure that the child, if the parents don't do the religious nurturing spiritual nurturing for the child that you do that that you ensure the child gets to church 
or get the religious nurturing that the child needs. That's what Godparent is. So are you all willing to do that? Okay. All right. So that means you got a church home that you can go to to make sure that if they don't get them to church, you'll get them. All right. Cool. Grandparents, y'all know what you're supposed to do, don't you? What you say, everything? That sounded like Dorothy Scott Newsom there. You spoil them and send them back. <laughs> Pierre and I, we still doing detoxing from Cherish from spending three weeks in St. Louis with her parents and a week with my mom. So, yeah, you, you sp spoil them, send them back. All right. All right. So we're going to dedicate your child. And in the Baptist church, we do not christen babies. We dedicate them. We give them back to the Lord because they came from the Lord. And so um, I'm going to ask you all several questions. And if you affirm, then we will baptize. So to the parents, do you promise to love Logan unconditionally? Pray for him and be examples of God's love, grace, and mercy in his life. And so say we do. All right. To the rest of the family and friends that are gathered here, do you all promise to support these parents as they raise Logan in the fear and the love of God? If so, say we do. All right. I'm going to ask those that are part of our church family, if you would stand at this time. Amen. To the disciples of St. Paul Church and those who believe in Jesus Christ, do you promise whenever this family crosses your mind, to lift them up in prayer as they will raise Logan in the fear and love of God. If so, say we do. Do you promise to be examples of God's grace and mercy here at the St. Paul Church as Logan grow up and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? If so, say we do. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask if you will bow your heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for Leroy and for Sade bringing Logan and their family uh, here at this moment as we get ready to dedicate Logan Edwards back to you. Thank you, oh God, and we pray that we here at St. Paul will be examples not only for this family, but for this child, that one day he will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For the grandparents that are gathered here right now, we pray you will continue to infuse them with your love. For the godparents, oh God, who are now taking on the responsibility of spiritual nourishment and nurturing, help them to understand the solemnity of this responsibility and infuse them, oh God, with your grace and mercy. We thank you for Logan. We give him back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Logan Edwards. You're not one pounds, 13 ounces anymore. And we dedicate you in the name of the Father. And in the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. have a certificate uh, that will commemorate this day that I've signed and so we're going to give this to you all and we're going to ask that you all will place it in a place of prominence for him and for you and uh, thank you all for allowing us to share in this moment you may return to your seat can we give God praise for this family amen 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 
At this time, do we have a video ready? All right. That when my religion fails me, that, that, that where I am with God is much more than a religious expression. It, it's a relationship. That even though I'm going to, yay, though I walk through, through the valley, yeah, I, 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 no, no, notice I'm, I'm walking through it. I ain't, I ain't moved in no furniture in the valley. Yeah, I ain't moved into the valley. I'm passing through it. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I'm not by myself. The Lord is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why is that? Because the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. know another tree just like that one this tree was on a hill far away and on it stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for the world of lost sinners was slain so I'm going to cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay so when I come out, see, come forth has to do with shining. He said, when I come forth, I'm going to be shining in a way that I've never shown before. Because what I've been through has not been wasted. That when I come out of this, i got to come out of this different than how I went in. Every church ought to come out of this pandemic different than it went in. Every ministry ought to come out different than it went in. Families ought to come out different than we went in. Individuals, you ought to come out, brothers, sisters, no way to go through all of this and waste it. That I'm looking to come out in a different way. I shall come forth. On Sunday, August 28th, we will have our annual homecoming worship service. And I want to welcome back to St. Paul, my dear friend and brother, the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark, the senior pastor of the Shalom Church City of Peace in Florissant, Missouri. We're asking those who can to join us in a homecoming assessment of $100. And guess what, you all? Got a major surprise for you. Our hymn choir is going to sing on that Sunday. So we want to invite you to come, bring family and friends, and we're going to have a wonderful time. Then starting on that Monday through Wednesday, August 29th, 30th, and 31st, we will have our church revival. And our guest preachers will be some of the most gifted preachers in this country, the Reverend Dr. William H. Curtis, senior pastor of the Mount Ararat Baptist Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter, Jr., the senior pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Morristown, New Jersey. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. And we hope and pray that you all will um, uh, come and be a part of it. Next week, we're looking forward to Dr. Clark. Y'all give me some light. Let there be light in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, woo. Boy, that goes all the way back to the beginning of the universe, that man. Then they put us back in darkness. You see how they're playing with me this morning? All right. Let me just, um, 
I want to thank those disciples that on yesterday brought um, uh, book bags and um, school supplies for our children that will be given away on next week as far as St. Paul's Summer Jam is concerned. Uh, this is for our children and youth um, next Saturday from August 27th from 11 to 2 o'clock p.m. We're going to have food, games, and fun. Uh, we're going to be distributing school supplies to those that need them at this event. Children, invite your friends and neighbors. Uh, we're going to be in the lower parking lot across from the old sanctuary. Registration is required, so we will know how many we need to prepare for, and volunteers are needed. So I'm going to ask that Minister Joshua uh, Jordan, would you stand so that folks can see who you need to talk to? Or I don't see Reverend Bernie. Is Reverend Bernie in the house? Uh, Reverend Bernie. See one of my two brothers as far as uh, if you'd like to volunteer next week. Now let me just say that this is for the children. Uh, let me say that again. This is for the children. This, 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 this is for the, for the children. Um, um, for, for the children, particularly for those that are going back to school, for the children. Because I know how some grown folks can be. Somebody said, watch it. This is for the children. So um, uh, please, ma'am, please, sir. Um, uh, come and join us as far as that's concerned. And of course, on yesterday, they had a wonderful time gathering um, school supplies to help out our children as far as that's concerned. Um, next week, we're asking for those who can uh, for revival and homecoming to give a special offering of $100. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing our hymn choir. And then on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we will start service at 7 o'clock. Um, uh, one preacher will preach one night. The other preacher will preach Tuesday night. Both will preach on Wednesday night. And I don't know what order they're going to preach in. Uh, they fuss and fight over that when they get here. And I'll put them up. Also, just want to let you all know that uh, our annual Men's Day worship service is going to be taking place on the weekend of September 24th and 25th. We're going to be having a special prayer breakfast in the park on the Saturday. And then Sunday, the men will lead us in worship. And our guest preacher for that day will be the Reverend Dr. Harold A. Carter, Jr., the senior pastor of the New Shiloh Baptist Church in Baltimore. More information will be coming uh, over the next week or so. Um, we just got back from Lock Carey, and I just want to let you all know that because of your generosity and because of your um, uh, graciousness, St. Paul gave the most money out of all the churches in North Carolina. Amen. 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 We gave, we gave $49,000 and some change uh, to Lot Carey for their mission work. It was an incredible conference. We had close to 20 persons that went to Lot Carey to participate in classes. Your pastor, I presented. Um, uh, uh, a lecture on uh, the church and technology and uh, the preaching was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Madam President, Dr. Gina Stewart blessed us in an incredible way and uh, that is my sister and my friend and I've told her we're going to make sure she has a successful tenure as far as being the first female president of any major Baptist 
political denominational body in the country. And so we want to make sure she is um, going to do well. So uh, thank you, St. Paul. Um, uh, I am told that's the first time we've ever done that as far as giving is concerned. Uh, but let me say it will not be the last. Uh, the Lord is blessing us, and we want to do whatever we can to be a blessing to others who are not part of our church family and who are outside of our church. I want to, at this time, we're going to transition to prayer. And um, what I want to do is I want to ask all of our children who are here, uh, who are getting ready to go back to school, and this is how I want to do this. All of our children that are here getting ready to go back to school, uh, I want you to come down front. Now, I want you to practice social distancing, but I want you to come down front. All of our children, I want to lift you in prayer. Some of you are already back in school. Um, some of you all are getting ready to go to school. Uh, I want to lift you in prayer. All of our children, would you come? Come on, let's give God praise for them. All right. And I want you all to face me, face me, face me. All right. All right. Amen. Thank you, Minister Erica. Uh, I have preachers, they do some of everything around here. Amen. So, uh, Joshua Jordan, you see what you're going to have to work with next month when you start back up Youth Church? All right. Okay. Now, not only do I want to lift up the children, I'm going to tell you who else needs prayer. Anybody that works in the school system <laughs> or work in the school I know y'all need prayer. And so I'm going to ask if you all would just come fill in the aisles. Uh, those that work in a school, you all come on down as well. I want to lift you all up in prayer. Teachers, staff, persons, administrators. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would just practice social distancing if you can. Um, if you can, if you would do that, I would greatly appreciate that. <clears throat> Amen. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, we want to lift up the family of um, Brother Jameer Rux. He's the grandson of disciple Arthur Rux and the late Priscilla Rux uh, and Shirley Richardson. His services will be held this Tuesday. August 23rd at the First Baptist Church of Indian Trail. Visitation is at 2 p.m. service at 3. We also want to lift up the family of Brother Perry uh, Godine, uh, the father of Sister Sharif Godine, and his services are pending. We want to lift up the family of Brother uh, Latuan Wendell Stevenson, the son of disciple Leela Stevenson. His services were yesterday at Alexander Funeral Home. We continue to lift up Walter Fletcher, who uh, uh, had a heart attack that was shared on our prayer call. We continue to lift up Deacon Tina Ross, uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, Lady Thomasina, uh, as well as others that are on our sick and shut-in list. We want to lift up our children.
who are getting ready to go back to school if they're not already in school as well as staff persons who have to deal with that. And so I want to do that and I'm going to ask if we could, let's bow our heads and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you right now and we, before we ask you for anything, we want to say thank you. Thank you, God, how you have blessed us, how you have brought us to this point. Thank you for what you've done thus far in this worship experience. And Lord, as we prepare to uh, come to you in prayer, we realize we have not done everything you wanted us to do. We've sinned. We've fallen short. So God, would you forgive us of our sins by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit? Uh, help us to be a little bit better today than we were on yesterday uh, so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of who you are. God, we come right now because we realize there's so many needs in our congregation. We realize, God, that there are persons who need your spirit to give them comfort in the midst of dealing with death. There are those who need to be healed and need a touch from you. We know, God, you can either do it by miracle or by medicine. However you want to do it, Lord, we'll be satisfied. Just move right now as only you can in the name of your son, Jesus. We pray right now, oh God, that uh, you will move in nursing homes and hospitals and even jail cells. And for those that are homeless, Lord, it, would you just touch right now? Let, let them know that, that, that your love is so abounding and we have, through our various partners, tried to give lift to their situation. Thank you, God, for this generous church and how we have been a blessing to others, not only in this city, but across this world through our giving. Now, Lord, I, I want to come and lift up your babies, your children, getting ready to start if they haven't already started preschool and kindergarten and um, primary and middle school and high school and some are, have even gone off to college. We pray right now, oh God, that you will touch them. Keep them because kids not even safe in school anymore because of bullies and tragedy that take place. So Lord, put a hedge of protection around them. It doesn't matter whether it's private or public. Put a hedge of protection around them. Give them the mind to want to study. And Lord, where they fall short, fill in the gaps if they do their work. Lord, I want to lift up staff and teachers and administrators. They give so much and get so little. Lord, we realize there's a great exodus as far as school systems across the land are concerned. And so, Lord, we pray right now that you will strengthen our teachers and our staff and our administrators and let them know, oh God, that what they're doing is more than just teaching. It is ministry. It's a mission. It's a calling. And Lord, we pray that one day we will come as a country to appreciate those that work with our children as much, if not more, than we do the athletes and the entertainers. 
because Lord what they're doing is shaping futures and generations to come we thank you oh God for our teachers and administrators and staff persons and now Lord we're going to place these children and these personnel in your hands keep them and bless them right now as only you can and we pray and we claim a successful year in the name of your son Jesus and it's in his name we claim it done let every heart that truly believes say amen. As your children come back to you and as our teachers, administrators, and staff persons return to their seat, can we celebrate all of those that work in our school systems? Amen. I believe we can do a whole lot better than that. Come on, let's give God praise for them. God bless you all. 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 Beloved, it's time to give, and let's give God praise for the wonderful opportunity to, to give. I'm going to ask if you could, if we could uh, share this video at this time. Um, ushers, have we put placed baskets by ushers? We got the baskets on both sides, on all the rows. Y'all so awesome. You all are so awesome. You all are so awesome. Um, do we have video? Let's roll. Well, it is offering time, and before we get ready to raise the offering as far as our work and witness and worship here in St. Paul, uh, I've asked you to help us raise $50,000 as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. They are building a new facility. We're considered to be one of their partners as far as that's concerned. I want you to check out this video, Miracle on Cedar Street, and see why we're doing what we're doing as far as a sense of home mission is concerned. And please, when the offering comes, give from the bottom of your heart, liberally and generously, to help us make this a working reality for Charlotte Rescue Mission. When you walk into the Charlotte Rescue Mission Rebound Men's Program, it's a 92-year-old building. Screams 92 years old. And it contradicts the message of the ministry. We say that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. We're housing men, we're putting them through counseling programs in a building that's less than that, and it contradicts everything that we're saying. The heartbeat of Charlotte Rescue Mission is transformation. One word, that's it. We focus on individuals struggling with addiction and uniquely work from the inside out to address the root cause. And we accomplish that by providing professional, free, Christian residential recovery services for a population that could never afford it on the open market, but it's made possible through the generosity of our donors. The physical facilities are basically antiquated, out of date, but we have been, as an organization, ingenious enough to try to make it work. But there are things that cause us to say, well, if we thought really much of the folks that we're trying to serve, we'd put them in a more dignified environment. We shouldn't have uh, facilities that are not accessible to those who can't climb a couple of flights of stairs. By building a new building, it sends a message that we care about the people we get, even from the first day they walk in.
Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Let me tell you, um, St. Paul, we, we, we've committed ourselves, I've committed us rather, to $50,000 to, to um, help them with this project. The project is $25 million. Uh, they already have raised $20 million. We're helping them with the other five. And with us helping with the other five, we're only giving $50,000. Somebody said only, yeah, we're, we're only giving 50000 $50, because they're raising $5 million outside. They've listed us as a partner, and we want to make that a reality. This is home mission. This is helping people that you know. And we probably have had some people who have gone through the Charlotte Rescue Mission. So this is them. So we've raised $20,483 thus far. So we're at 41% of our goal. We want to raise this $50,000. I want to be able to have us to write a check real soon for that amount. I want you to give generously, liberally. There are three ways that you can give here uh, at St. Paul, Ch well, several ways, rather, you can give here at St. Paul Church. The first one is by mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off check cash or money order here at church. Call the church office at 704-334-5309. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering. You can also give on our website through... Um, Church Online, Church Life, or ACS. You can give through the app called Givelify as well. You can also give uh, in person. And in a moment, I'm going to give you instructions on how to give in person. Um, there should be a basket that is on the outer edges of the aisle. And uh, in just a moment, I'm going to ask if you would to pick up that basket, pass it down. Um, and we can give that way. So however you're giving, if you would take your offering, I want you to place it in your right hand because we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now and we honor you with our gifts. This is a part of worship. For those that are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, we thank you for that. God, for those that are giving something, we praise you and we pray you will stretch them to the place of biblical giving and even beyond. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to do anything, uh, Lord, continue to convict them to get to the place to understand that, that it is hard to call yourself a disciple of Jesus when you fail to give. Help us, oh God, to move to the place of grace giving where we go even beyond the tide. Bless those, oh God, who benefit from our giving. As far as Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned, we are claiming 50000 and even more for that endeavor through the tribe known as St. Paul Church. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we claim it done. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. For those that are on the outer edges of the aisle, if you will look beside your seat, there ought to be a basket. And if you will take that basket, pass it down, place your offering in that basket, pass it down, and our account team will receive it uh, at this time. Thank you so much for your giving, and thank you all so much um, for paying attention to our announcement.
you, you ought to give him praise right now. Let me try that one more time, because I need some real folks that know if it had not been for the Lord on your side. Let's celebrate our incredible music ministry. Let's give God praise for them. <clears throat> Gonna, uh, time is far spent. Um, and um, I, I know that, that I'm going to go past time that I normally want to get you all out. Um, but bear with us just for just for a moment um want to continue the series of sermons from dead religion to a living faith galatians chapter 3 want to look at verses 10 through 14 galatians chapter 3 verse 10 through 14 I'll be reading from um, the New King James Version of Scripture, and it reads like this, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. <clears throat> but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want to preach uh, for this um, moment that is mine, the curse is broken. Uh, the curse is broken. Have any of you ever been driving along the highway 
listening to your favorite radio station playing your song or hearing your preferred talk host, you're moving at a good rate of speed. And it seems like wherever you're going, you're going to make it in plenty of time with minutes to spare. You're rolling along. Then all of a sudden up ahead, you start seeing a whole bunch of red brake lights. Traffic slows down to a crawl. Your GPS system is telling you something is going on up ahead. And you somehow get stuck in traffic. And unfortunately, there's nowhere you can get off to go in another direction. Any of you all ever been there? God knows I have. Nothing moving. And uh, you find yourself trying to figure out what's going on up ahead. Then as traffic picks up and as you get down the road, you see police cars, fire trucks, ambulances, and tow trucks dealing with a massive pileup. There was an accident blocking you from getting to your destination. And if you're honest, it just messed up your day. I want to submit this is what the Apostle Paul is dealing with as he pins this letter to the churches at Galatia. The Judaizers have come in and they have created a spiritual wreck in the way of the church. The Judaizers were telling the Galatians that they needed to keep the Jewish laws and customs in order to experience salvation in Jesus Christ. The Judaizers were telling the Galatians, hey, you're almost there. I know you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I know you have placed your faith and confidence in him. Now you men need to go and get circumcised as a sign of the covenant with God. Then you'll really be saved and you'll have complete joy in Jesus. However, Paul was letting them know, no, you don't need to do all that. Because in Christ, you have everything you can hope for, dream, or imagine. You, you didn't have to jump through that hoop. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to do any works in order to get saved. You don't have to read a particular passage of scripture. And you certainly, thanks be to God, don't have to go through the physical act of circumcision in order to gain the favor and love of God. So Paul becomes what I call the metaphorical highway patrolman to clean up the theological car wreck caused by the Judaizers. They have created so many crashes along the Galatian church highway and Paul is out on the fringes trying to direct traffic and point vehicles in other directions and he's giving tickets to the Judaizers because of their recklessness and their faults. Now, you got to understand that, that, that Paul is a Jew. Paul was considered to be the Hebrew of the Hebrews. He knew the law like the back of his hand. Paul would tell you my credentials from the Jewish perspective are rather impeccable. I, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was a leader among the Pharisees, and I was one of the up-and-coming rabbinical stars of the day. But one day, uh, 
I was on my way to Damascus to, to deal with them crazy Christians. And, and while I was riding my horse, I had an encounter with that resurrected, ascended man by the name of Jesus. He knocked me off my beast and made me blind, and I ain't been the same ever since. And now where I was once a fighter of the church, I've now become a planner of the church. I am nothing less than an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And Paul is ramping up the anti-church because he is undermining the very institution he used to defend. What used to mess the people of Israel up was the law. It caused them to have a whole bunch of spiritual wrecks, Eric. Uh, Israel was given the road map, they were given the law uh, back in the writings of Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. God had intended for the law to be the rules of the road, to warn them about their sinful behavior. And if you did the right things, you would get blessings. And if you did the wrong thing, you would get curses. Now please, don't Look at God as being mean and cruel because God is not. It is like whenever you're driving on the highway and the sign says 65 and you want to do 90. And the highway patrolman is waiting in the bushes to get the radar gun on you. And when you stoop by and you see him pull out, don't you know most of the time he coming after you? And you really have no defense, uh, but you're going to try to defend it anyhow. Now, maybe that example doesn't work for someone. Let me give you another example. Uh, uh, there, there's a sign on the curve that says slow down to 35. And you gonna do 60 and you go off the road and you crash your vehicle then you want to get mad at the curb the promises of God did not come to Israel because they did things that were contrary to the will of God and I want to suggest that oftentimes in life we don't get what we should get because we want to do things our way and we what wind up crashing Paul gives insight about how this law could not make them right with God. And the law does not make you or me right with God. All the law does is reveal how wrong we are, how pathetic we are, how pitiful we are, how callous we are, how lost we are, how mistaken we are, how erroneous we are, how jacked up we are, how messed up we are, how wrong we are. Law couldn't make us right with God any more than me standing in my garage makes me a car. We're so far from being perfect. We're, we're, we're so far from being everything that God would have for us to be. All of us in here have sinned. Falling short of the glory of God. All of us have, have sinned. Yes, your mama and your daddy. 
your sweet, beautiful, innocent child that when you go to school and they call you home, call you to your house, telling you your child acting a plum fool and you say, not your child, yes, your child. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the law does nothing more than prove how far we are from doing what God would have for us to do. Did you not realize that for the Jews, they had at least 613, 616, depending on what your count is, laws that they were expected to keep. And it was the belief that if you broke one of the law, you broke the entire law. As a matter of fact, they had a problem keeping the first 10 laws known as 10 commandments. And you all know that the 10 commandments could not make us right with God. That's because the law carried a curse. The law brought condemnation. The law perpetuates guilt. The law produces shame. The law serves as a constant reminder that you and I do not have the internal capacity nor intestinal fortitude to do everything right for God's approval. I don't know about you. I want to please God. I, I want to do the right thing. I want God to be happy with me and my ways. But life is so frustrating because the law keeps telling me how wrong I am. And when we see how wrong we are, sin produces feelings of shame, anxiety, and guilt. And that's how the devil gets a whole lot of us trapped in anxiety and guilt and shame. And although we sin and although we mess up and although we fall short and although we make mistakes, our mess does not have to define us. Don't get it twisted because the world will use your faults and some church folk will use your faults to describe you and to define you and yes to demonize you however don't you let the enemy keep downloading into your spirit guilt and shame and embarrassment no the law doesn't make us right with God it only shows us how wrong we are before God the breaking of one commandment brings all of us, uh, brings one person under the curse. And since everybody fails at some point, all of us, if we were back then, would have been under the curse. Because if you broke one of the commandments, you have broken all of the commandments. This means that if we were back then, all of us would have been messed up from the flow up. We all would have been cursed. We fall short in our behaviors. We don't always have the right motive. We let our emotions get the best of us. We think the wrong things. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. We chase the wrong things. And all of that impacts our worship, our praise, our service, and our mission to God. And don't look at me all suspect because we can be some gospel preaching, doctrine teaching, prayer meeting, hand clapping, loud shouting, wild dancing, choir singing, praise leading, door keeping, tithes paying, offering giving, church attending, curse folks. Nobody in here can claim the badge of righteousness because none of us in here can keep the law. But boy, I got a hallelujah. 
And I got to thank you, Jesus, in my spirit, because the apostle Paul lets me know today that the curse has been broken because of a man from Nazareth. Jesus. Jesus redeems us from the curse. He reclaims us from the consequences of sin and he restores our fellowship with God and with each other. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm happy about that. I got Jesus joy about that. I'm hallelujah happy about that. Anybody else glad about that? Aren't you glad that you can be in relationship with God as your heavenly father? Aren't you overjoyed that you can go to God and tell God about all the stuff that's going on in your life? Aren't you glad you ain't got to go to some man, woman, boy, or girl to talk to God for you? You can do it for yourself. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad the curse is broken. Not because of anything you and I have done, but because of the redemptive, transformative, liberating work of Jesus Christ on a hill called Calvary. I need to let somebody know the curse isn't broken by your prayer. The curse isn't broken by your singing. The curse isn't broken by your praise. The curse isn't broken by your worship. The curse isn't broken by your offering. The curse isn't broken by you reading your Bible. The curse isn't broken by you clapping your hands. The curse isn't broken by you shouting. The curse isn't broken by you dancing in the aisle. The curse is not broken by you paying your tithes. It ain't broken by you coming to church. It is broken because of the death of Jesus. Jesus Christ on a hill called Calvary and when you know who Jesus Christ is for yourself for real for real when you accept God I feel like preaching the atoning redeeming propitiating substitutionary work of Jesus Christ on a hill called Calvary you can shout with Jesus joy that the curse has been broken in your life sin no longer has power over you and you can give God praise cause it's some stuff you ain't gotta do because the curse is broken what, what should we do? What should we do when we know that this curse has been broken in our lives? I, I want to suggest a few things and then I'm, I'm done. First of all, embrace the mercy of God. Embrace the mercy of God. Follow the flow of the text. You will discover how the law brought curse. Verse 10 demonstrates this reality. The curse of the law is connected to all the different punishments and banishments that happened when you broke the law. Notice how Paul says curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. All things. Now this ain't the all things that work together for your good. This is all things that work for your bad. Preach, Robert. Because uh, if you broke one of the laws, in God's eyes, you have broken all of the law. And if you break the law, the severest form of punishment was to be stoned to death. So the men would gather up persons, uh, take them out to the city gate, beyond the city gate, and stone them forming a circle around that person and taking big rocks and pelting them until they were dead. 
you, you were stoned if, if your ox gored somebody. You were stoned if you engaged in children's sacrifice. You were stoned if you used God's name in vain. A whole lot of folks get stoned on that. You, you were stoned if you caused others to worship false gods. You were stoned if you were a rebellious boy. You were stoned if you committed adultery. You were stoned if you practiced witchcraft. You were stoned if you had sex with animals. You were stoned if you engaged in homosexual activities. Women were stoned if they weren't a virgin on the wedding night. Men were stoned if they had sex with an engaged virgin in the city. And y'all, if that was the case today, it'll be a whole lot of dead folks. right now this demonstrates beloved the impossibility of you and me being able to keep the whole law and the law called for severe punishment remember Paul said for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life this means that every time Hear me well, every time you and I sin, every time you and I do something wrong, every time you and I mess up, God has the sovereign, divine, omnipotent right to take us out. You may not like it, you may not agree with it, but it is, help me preach this thing. It is what it is. I, I know you, I, you know, I know I'm talking about sin and I know we don't like preachers talk about sin, but if I don't talk about sin, I ain't preaching the gospel. Uh, 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 and, and, and I need to let you I need I need to let you all know that every last one of us in here should not be here. Y'all gonna learn how to shout on doctrine one day. Watch this, watch this. As Nelly back in St. Louis would say, everybody in here should not be here right now. But here's where you got to give God praise because you're still here. All right, all right. Let me come and sit on your pew. After all the ignorant, crazy, recalcitrant stuff that should have killed you, think about all the things you've done wrong and God could have taken you out, but you're still here. Church, that's more than God's grace. That's God's mercy. Grace is when God gives us stuff that we don't deserve. And I don't know about anybody else. I'll shout on God's grace. I'll lift up holy hands on God's grace. I'll even cut a step on God's grace. It's God's unmerited favor towards me. But y'all, I would run around the St. Paul campus for the mercy of God because God's mercy is when God withhold the judgment and the punishment and the banishment that I know I deserve and the reason why some of us can't give God praise because of mercy because we think we're all that and a bag of chips and we act like we're doing God a favor when we show up at the St. Paul Church and we lift up holy hands and we give God a praise however I need some real folks in the house right now they ain't afraid to testify you know you have not dotted every I you know you have not crossed every T you know you have sinned and fallen short and God should have dumped you a long time ago. As a matter of fact, last night while you were slumbering and sleeping, uh, uh, mercy was pleading your case when judgment wanted your soul. You need to give God praise. 
because of his mercy. Do I have anybody in the house that ain't afraid to give God praise because of your mercy? Don't don't, don't play with me because some of y'all want to act all sophisticated and sedity and bougie and like you're all there in a bag of chips. You want to act like you popped out of the womb, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, had Jesus on your mind. The devil is alive. How many of you all know you should have been dead, but you're still alive? That's more than grace. That's God's mercy. How many of you all know that you should have lost your mind, gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? That's more than God's grace. That's God's mercy. How many of you all know you should not be here right now? That's more than God's grace. That's God's mercy. How many of you all know you shouldn't be preaching, shouldn't be teaching, shouldn't be serving, shouldn't be singing, shouldn't be ushering, shouldn't be ministering, shouldn't be praising, shouldn't be working, or should not be alive, but you're still here. That's more than God's grace. That's God's mercy. Donnie McClucker was right. Great is your mercy towards me. Your loving kindness towards me. Your tender mercies I see. Watch this. Day after day. My God, I feel like preaching. That means you got to give God praise on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday again. As a matter of fact, you need to give God praise for January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, and November, and December. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I can't help I can't help to give God. Somebody holler mercy. Yeah, you got to embrace mercy. But then you got to engage your faith. Uh-huh. Embrace mercy. Engage your faith. In verse, verse 11 and 12, Paul informs us how the law cannot make us right with God. God, I feel like preaching, y'all. Uh, you and I are made right with God not based upon the law but faith and not just any kind of faith but faith in Jesus Christ Paul quotes Habakkuk 2.4 when he says the just shall live by faith see the law of Moses and faith in Jesus ain't the same because keeping the law does not get rid of your sins, it reveals your sins. The only thing that could get rid of your sin is blood. So God declares you and me to be right with God because Jesus shed his blood on a hill called Calvary. So because he shed his blood on a hill called Calvary, he makes us right with God. So you and I being right with God ain't a legal term, ain't an ethical term, but it's a legal term. Ooh, it, it means uh, that when you and I come before the court of eternity and we are judged guilty because God has gone to our social media pages and seen all the ignorant, wretched, retarded stuff we've done and know that we should be on our way to hell with some gasoline pajamas on and then he sees that you and I are covered by the blood of 
of Jesus Christ, he calls us acquitted even though we're guilty. Preach Robert Charles Scott. The law, the law, the law, the law reveals our guilt. It doesn't get rid of our guilt. So, so, so you and I should never ever, never ever ever place our confidence in our works or coming to church or how much we give in tithes and offerings or how much scripture we know. Because I know a whole lot of folks that go to church, pay tithes and offering, know how to quote scripture and going to bust hell wide open. <clears throat> because your actions cannot save you. <clears throat> Don Garlington in his book, Role Reversal in Paul's Use of Scripture says, and I quote, salvation hinges on being on the correct side of the eschatological divide, of being in Christ and not under the law. Did y'all catch that? Let me break that down for you. Uh, 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 being in Christ and not under the law. See, when you do the law thing, you're under the law. And if you're under the law, that means the law is over you. And if something is over you, then that means it can oppress you. However, when you live by faith, you're not under Christ. <laughs> you're in Christ. I'm trying to help somebody. See, 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 somebody gonna shout on good doctrine. You're, you're not under Christ. You're in Christ. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'd rather be in Christ than be in a sorority or a fraternity. I'd rather be in Christ than to be in a social club or a social organization. I'd rather be in Christ than to belong in a political party because being in Christ is the best place you and I can be right now because when I'm in Christ, I'm in God. And when I'm in God, I'm in the Holy Ghost. And when I'm in the Holy Ghost, I'm in joy and peace and righteousness and love and patience and perseverance and endurance. The only way that you and I can live a life of faith is that we got to be in Jesus Christ. And when you and I are made right, when we say yes to Jesus, we are in Jesus. Which means that if the devil wants to get to us, he got to go through Jesus. And I'm here to let somebody know, you think you're under attack right now. You think you're losing your mind right now. You think you're about to go over. Can you imagine where you would be if you weren't in Christ? Christ because God is doing something by the stuff you're going through to let you know that whatever is happening to you is only so much the devil can do because you're in me you got to remember because you're in me I had to suffer because you're in me I had to be crucified because you're in me I had to die on the cross but oh hallelujah and oh thank you Jesus because you're in me you will rise again and you will ascend and you can make a comeback let me, let, I'm going to give you one more thing I'm cutting across the field let me give you one more thing and then I'm done you got to express appreciation for the cross express appreciation for the cross, verse 13, 14, express appreciation for the cross. Uh, the curse 
is broken because Jesus died on a cross. The reason that the Hebrew Israelites are so out there because they don't understand the curse is broken. See, the Hebrew Israelites, the black Hebrew Israelites will tell you, you got to go back and you got to keep that law thing. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear and all that stuff. But because I'm in Jesus and because he's the only person who kept the law perfectly and he died to break the curse of the law, I am redeemed. You got it. All right. You got it. I'm coming after about four of y'all. I'm going to make five. You got it though. Because I am redeemed, because I've been bought with a price, because I am taken off the marketplace of sin, because I've been bought back from slavery, nobody in here can mess with me and nobody out there can condemn me. Why? Because uh, I am redeemed. God, I feel like hollering right now because when you place your trust and confidence in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are set free from the power of sin. You are set free from from the penalty of sin. You are set free from the person of sin. You are set free from being cursed under the law. You need to just give God praise because he did for you through Jesus what you could not do for yourself. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. Bible says curse is everyone. Everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on a tree. On a tree called Calvary. Jesus became a curse for us. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I might have the righteousness or become the righteousness of God. Paul tells us that Jesus who did not sin took on sin so we could have a relationship with God. All right, all right, let me put it where you can get it. Jesus became a curse while at the same time getting rid of the curse so we could stop being cursed. Je Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was reconciling all of us back to God on that hill called Calvary so that God will stop counting our sins against us. That's justification in action. In other words, the very thing that separated us from God, Jesus took it on himself so you and I can be made right with God. Um, let me, let me, let me close my Bible because close my Bible, help me to go ahead, let y'all know I'm finishing up. In, in, in the book of Exodus, in the book of, not Exodus, Genesis, in the book of Genesis, there's a story uh, about two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's boys. And, and Jacob was getting ready to close his eyes. Jacob was getting ready to die. And, and Jacob wanted to bring Ephraim and Manasseh into his blessing. And, and so Joseph brings Ephraim and Manasseh into the very presence of Jacob. The oldest son is on the right side and the youngest son is on the left side because the right hand blessing is the greater blessing. And the left hand blessing 
is the lesser blessing. But when Ephraim and Manasseh came before Jacob, Jacob, instead of extending his hands straight, he winds up crossing his hands over so that the younger boy got the greater blessing and, and, and the older boy got the lesser blessing. Now I know some of y'all can't shout about that, but I want you to know that nearly 2,000 years ago, God did the same thing to you and me on a hill called Calvary. That, that the God, when he looked down at you and me and saw his son, Jesus Christ, our elder brother, dying on a hill called Calvary, God stretched forth his divine hands from the heavens and he crossed them over so that Jesus got our curse and we got his blessing. Y'all, that's a crossover. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but you need to give God praise because Jesus, our elder brother, took our sins and we took his sainthood. Somebody need to give God praise because when you look at what God did, when he stretched forth his hands, Jesus took on death. So you and I can have life. That's a crossover. Jesus took on our grime. So you and I can have grace. That's a crossover. Jesus took on our misery. So you and I can have mercy. That's a crossover. Jesus took on our pain. So we can have his power. That's a crossover. Jesus took on our hell. So you and I can make it to heaven. That's a crossover. And I read in the Bible that he was wounded for our transgressions. That's a crossover. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's a crossover. He was chastised for our peace. That's a crossover. And by his stripes, you and I are healed. That's a crossover. He who knew no sin became sin. That's a crossover. But do I have anybody? They ain't afraid to give God praise because it happened on a hill called Calvary. Good God Almighty, my Mississippi done slipped out. But that's why we can sing that song. Alas, indeed, my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I at the cross? At the cross. Oh, I see y'all can shout on the cross. I need some real Baptist folks that grew up in the old church that know that song at the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm Church right now, glad because.
because the curse is broken. He was born to break the curse. He lived to break the curse. He did ministry to break the curse. He said words to break the curse. He suffered and died to break the curse. He rose from the grave to break the curse. He's coming back to break the curse. He is reigning to break the curse. And if you know the curse is broken, you ought to give God praise. If you know sin has no power, you ought to give God praise. Because when I think about all that God has done through Jesus, I have to tell him, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for breaking the curse in my life. Say yes. Say yes. 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 I need some folks in the house that know the devil no longer has power over you. Sin no longer has power over you. You ought to lift up your hands and throw back your head and give God the very best praise that you have. sin in your life you want to break the curse of sin in your life and its power here's all you got to do and it's really that just say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and mean it and connect with the church so you can be encouraged to be all that God would have for you to be. Say yes to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. That, 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 that breaks the curse. And, and, and then connect with some other former cursed folks. They can show you how to work this thing. Because I want you to know, just because the curse is broken in your life, doesn't mean, somebody gonna get this, that you won't ever mess up again. But can I tell you what it does mean? It means that when I mess up, because of Jesus, my stuff does not keep God from loving me and being God's child. Deacon, get in the aisle. Deacon, get in the aisle. I want to Y'all have a seat. Deacon's getting out. I want, I want to do this with intentionality. I don't want to be quick. I want to do it with intentionality. Um, our deacons are in the aisle to, 
to see if there's anyone that the Lord is working on right now. I want to lead you in a prayer, a curse delivering prayer. Cause you, 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 can, can I can I tell you some of the stuff that just gets me that we say that can be so ignorant? Some of us be talking about, you know, I'm I'm, you know, I got a generational curse. Not in Jesus. in Jesus some of y'all trying to blame some of the crazy stuff you do on your family yeah that's just a curse on the family not in Jesus stop that stop giving power to that God through the power of the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to deal with your stuff do I have any witnesses in the house lead you in a short prayer bow your head if you mean this prayer I'm going to ask you to make a decision for you to Christ the church bow your head and repeat after me Lord I thank you I don't hear you let me say it one more time Lord I thank you that Jesus died on a cross to break the curse of sin and I believe he died on that cross I believe you raised him from the dead and I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I surrender to you as my God. I claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep those hands bowed just for a moment. You prayed that prayer for real? You mean that prayer for real? If you're sincere about that prayer and you know you don't have a relationship with God or you're not sure about your relationship with God or you're going back and forth, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer, you want a relationship with God, you're not sure where you stand with God, I don't want you to leave this place without knowing that I can have God as my Father. I can have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I can be led by the Holy Spirit. If that's you, hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. 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 Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of. I want you to do me this favor. If you have your hand up, if you have your hand up, I want you to come down right now so I can help you to understand. You don't have to ever worry about this decision again. If you got your hand up, go ahead and move right now. Go ahead and move right now. Go ahead and move right now. Move right now. Don't let the enemy keep you from getting the curse broken in your life. Go ahead and move right now. Go ahead and move. Go ahead and move. Go ahead and move. Go ahead and move. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and move. Here's my second call. Come on, let's give God praise for the young one that is coming. Here's my second call. Here's my second call. Somebody's here going like, listen, pass. Man, listen. That was some good stuff you, you were saying. Uh, I'm saved. I, I know who Jesus Christ is. 
but I don't have a church. I'm not connected to a church. I haven't been going to the same church for years. I happened to fall up here in St. Paul and you know, you have an incredible music ministry. The ushers are nice. The deacons are cool. The people are wonderful. Uh, I think I want to be a part of that. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and we can give that to you right now. You don't have to come back next week, next month, next year. You can do that right now. If you don't have a church home, you're not connected to a church, you're looking for a place to belong, I would love for you to roll with us. If I'm talking to you, if that's you, would you do me a favor? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold. If you got your hand up, go ahead and come on down if you feel prompted by the Spirit. I would love for you to be a part of our fellowship. God bless you. 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 Come on, St. Paul. Let's celebrate those. Will there be another? Will there be another? If you don't have a church home, are you coming? God bless you. God bless you. Bring her down, BB. Bring her down. Come on. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Can we celebrate the one that is coming right now? Come on. Let's give God praise. God bless you. Come on. We could do a whole lot better than that, St. Paul. Will there be another? 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 You don't have a church home? You don't have a church home. Listen, for those that are watching us online, those that are watching us online, if you don't have a relationship with God, you can join us online and we'll set you up for baptism. If you're watching us online, I want you to, on Facebook or on our website, type in Salvation. One of our digital ministers are going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on telephone, email us at connect at SPBC. Uh, at, connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309 leave your name, your number a con good contact information where we can call you, somebody will reach out to you about 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are for the gift of salvation if you are watching us right now and you're saying, Pastor, I'm saved I want to join your church, even online do me this favor, type in connect on Facebook or on St. Paul website, type in connect in the chat when our digital minister is going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are or email us at connect at sbbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309 and leave your name and your number good contact information where we can reach out to you let you know what the next steps are before i close out is there somebody else right now either to have become a candidate for baptism or to become a part of the Lord's Church here in St. Paul. We would love to have you. We would love to do life with you. Will there be another? 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 I don't want you to leave this place feeling cursed. I want you to know that God has come to set you free. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Amen. St. Paul, can you help me to celebrate all of these that have come? I'm going to ask if you all would just turn around briefly. No, I'm coming down. I'm coming down. Listen, I'm coming down. I'm coming down. I'm coming down. How you doing? All right. Do you have a guardian here with you? A parent, grandparent, something? All right. Come on. I want you to come. No, no. Wait right here. She's going to go with you in the back, okay? And we're going to help you to understand this decision you're making. How old are you? All right. Good. Good. You can speak for yourself. We're going to help you to understand the decision that you're making. God bless you. I would usually do hugs and handshakes, but because of COVID, we're going to do fist bumps. 
and you keep your mask on. But we are certainly delighted that the Lord has laid upon you all's heart to come and be a part of our fellowship. So as you all follow uh, our intake team, uh, if you need to get your purse, do, did you? All right. Oh, they got it. They got it. They got it. Yep, they got it. Amen. So if you will follow these purses, we're going to give you all the biggest cheer. St. Paul, can we celebrate them? Come on, we can do a whole lot better than that. All right, let's stand on our feet. We're getting ready to get out of here. Next week, next week, or next Sunday rather, no, Saturday, Summer Jam, 11 to 2. Sunday, Homecoming, Freddie Clark is going to be here. Uh, and then Revival, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Dr. William Curtis and Dr. Jerry Carter are going to be here. Uh, we, you know, want to make sure that we're in the house and that the Lord will bless us beyond measure. Uh, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for the gifts you have sent our way. And as we prepare to leave from this place, but never from your presence, keep us in your sovereign care. And God, remind us that the curse is broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand in place as we prepare to leave from this place. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Open that organ up, Brother Elsa.